podcast with Mo. What up and welcome to episode 84, I think, of a podcast with Mo. I am Mo. On this episode, uh, we have two guests. First, Koopy joins us for her monthly book talk. Um, First, we talk about a special mug she got, um, her Hamilton CD fiasco, and the TV show The Boys. And then she goes into the books that she read in the month of July. And then... Era Wadi calls in. Uh, he's a rapper from Austin, Texas. And basically, we just talk about um, the, being a fucking rapper in 2019, I guess. I probably talked too much, but uh, it was a good talk. And then uh, at the end, we listened to a new song of his. It'll come out in two days from now. So make sure to check that out. Um, thanks for listening to the podcast. What up? We are joined by Koopy. Hi. So you know what that means. Books. Books, uh, <laughs> which we'll get to. But first, mention my Patreon, patreon.com slash a podcast with Mo. Uh, you can be a patron like Hurricane Haynes and my mom and Pow Wow and Dharma Marshall, the Dharma Initiative Bear. I always <laughs> want to call him Dharma <laughs> or whatever. Like Dharma, the Marshall Initiative. That's what I want to say in my mind. So that's why I always mess up if anyone's curious. Um Anyway, you can go there, give me a dollar a month, and you'll get early access to the podcast. And if you give me more, you can get shouted out like that. Um, I think everyone should do it because I want your money. Do it. I think if just everyone did $1, I would get probably like $12 a month. It's so pretty that good. That would help. That would help. Anyway, um, let's get into it. So you just ordered this real special mug, and we're very excited. Oh, so I'm, I'm just going to ask so you about excited. it. so excited. Yes. Okay, so... Alcrate, for those of you who don't know, is a subscription box that I get once a month, and it comes with a book, a new released book, but it also contains goodies, a book-related things. Right. And the first time I ever saw the company being advertised on Instagram, it was with this Forbidden Forest-themed box. It was like Into the Woods was the, the box. Right. And in it was this mug inspired by Harry Potter Um Prisoner of Azkaban, the uh, scene when they're in the Forbidden Forest, and it has ha- it's like a panorama, a watercolor illustration along the side of the mug, and it's you know has Hagrid's hut, the Whomping, you know, it has all of the this iconic Harry Potter shit, right? yes, and it's gorgeous. This mug has been impossible to get. It has been. It, it was exclusive for that one box. No one could ever get it. So eventually, I subscribed. Because I was like, well, they're going to be making other mugs, and I want those mugs. Even if I don't have the first one, I, I, I want whatever's coming out. So this is the whole reason why I ever subscribed to Alcrate in the first place. Right. And it's been a really good uh, year and a half with Alcrate. I did get a couple other mugs from them, but today was the first time you could get that Forbidden Forest mug again. Um, and since it was released in 2017. Right. And so I've come back from visiting Pow Wow. Yes. And you were like, hey, at one o'clock, I got to buy this mug. <laughs> yes. At one o'clock, it went on sale. Um, and I was, you know, made sure I had my PayPal set up ready to go. I was, you know, just have to try to do this one click pay and get it as quickly as I could. And I was lucky I did get one. But um, I was watching you the website. You were web- very excited. I'm so excited. Um, and I was checking the website, and that 
particular mug sold out in nine minutes. I don't know how many they ordered because they're kind of secretive about their numbers. They just don't like to right. advertise that. But um, they said they ordered as many as they could and they sold out in nine minutes. So that's that's cr- kind of crazy. And I'm just so happy I got one. Right. And there were other mugs for sale that eventually sold out already. So all three of them have sold out in like 30 minutes. So what are we drinking out of these mugs? They're going on a shelf. <laughs> They're probably not for actual drinking. What? They're we're too drink pretty. Some tea. I might drink some, some Earl tea. Grey. I love Earl Grey. In the next Al Crate box, there's going to be some special tea from Riddle's Tea Shop, which is a tea company in England, and it's all like Riddle's, like Tom Riddle, Riddle's. And anyway, another Harry Potter reference. Yeah. But they make really awesome products, and so I'm excited to see what their tea is going to be, and maybe I'll drink it from a Harry Potter mug, but they are so special and you can't get them again. So if they ever broke, like, right. That would be so sad. I don't even want to think about it. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to ask you about, and then we can get to your books. Okay. You know, Cause I'm trying to shorten. I thought like no one listens when you start shorting up these episodes and no, no one, one cares about my books. No, no one cares about what I'm saying. <laughs> That's why I'm just asking you questions and let you get your, to your books. Uh, is you had this Hamilton CD. Oh, gosh. And I just think it would make a decent um, tell for okay. this podcast. So. All right. Well, I was uh, surprised by my mom with tickets to see Hamilton. Uh, and so in order to prepare, I bought the CD. And I have a like multi- multi-disc CD player. So I put in both CDs into it. And... I was listening to it for about a week and throughout that week I was like kind of suspicious because I really couldn't tell a difference in the two CDs. Like it was, I was like, I know they use the same musical score. Like that's a thing in musicals. Like they'll change the lyrics, but it's the same music and maybe they'll repeat chorus and things like that will come up again. And so I kept listening and I was like, no, this isn't right. And I hadn't actually listened to disc one and followed right into disc two. I had just listened to disc one one day and then the next day come in and listen to disc two. And I hadn't really listened to them back to back. Right. But I had been suspicious that a lot of these songs sounded the same. And one morning I was listening to both and all of a sudden, you know, Hamilton's dead. And then that's the end of disc one and disc two starts and it's the same songs again as disc one and so i get out the lyrics and i'm comparing and i'm like no i have been listening to the to same disc disc two they sent me two disc twos but one of them had the proper sticker that said disc one on it and it was even on the cd like in the clear part it says disc one right but it is not it's all songs right. it's from not cd two because this is what i thought at first when you told me was like you had two disc twos no because you Technically, if you put them on a computer and just listen to them digitally, you have two disc twos. But when you look at them, it doesn't look like two Correct. disc twos. Yeah. It looks like the proper disc one, the proper disc two. And I thought I was crazy. And so I'm texting my mom and I was like, disc one starts with Jefferson. And she was like, no, it should start with Hamilton. <laughs> and so I was like, I, you know, but I felt like an idiot because it took me a week to really figure it out. Right. But I really, now that I've listened to, because my mom lent me hers, I returned the crappy one right. and got my money back. Um, and so my mom has lent me hers since then. And I've listened to disc one. And I think if you're going to have to have one or the other, disc two's the way to go. So I, I had the better half. Right. But um, yeah, it was really weird. 
And so that was the better half, but I don't know if I'm going to like Hamilton. Oh my goodness. We'll see. I mean, You're I'll You're not I'll going, so it doesn't matter. Right. I'm not. <laughs> I'm excited to see it, but that was a crazy fluke of a CD. Like, how often does that happen? Yeah, I've never heard about that happening myself. I was, I was really mad. Um, I had to pay for my own postage and packaging to send it back, though, which was kind of whack. It is a bullshit. Was that Amazon? Amazon. Right on to the ground. And I had to send it back through UPS, which we don't have in town, so that was like a whole thing. Oh, and something else, I think we're going to watch it more, so I'll talk about it more on the next episode of Snappy, let him know about it, because I think he would actually like it. I don't know if he has Amazon Prime, but Amazon Prime, there's a show called The Boys that we started the other night, and I really am a big fan of the theme of it, like... The messaging of it and the whole idea in the world, I enjoyed that part. I don't know if I really enjoy, like, the main story yet, you know, a whole lot. But I enjoy the world. So I'm going to try to stick with it. But it seems kind of cool so far. Yeah, the boys. Um, are you going to explain what it is? Uh, it's like a superhero show. I say it's in the vein of, like, Watchmen uh, or Kick-Ass. Yeah. Um, I said Heroes. It kind of has a Heroes vibe. Well, to me, Heroes, everyone just gets powers all at once and then it... The world, but this crazy. is a world where there are many people with powers. I agree with what you're saying in the sense it's like superpowers in the real world, but the fact that everyone just always had superpowers, it seems like like heroes was real special because it was like all of a sudden people have fucking superpowers, right? Like it just started getting worse because of the eclipses or whatever. The, I no, didn't I remember, remember the lore as to the reason why. I just knew the cheerleader girl, right? Was- and she had that her whole life, yeah, against her. But anyway, um. This is a little more, I think it's just more like uh, kick-ass because of the way they do, just I guess how stylistic it, it is in certain ways or whatever. And it's a little more camp, like it plays into the camp in a fun way, but not in a CW dumb Arrowverse way. So anyway, really like the boys. Uh, basically all the superheroes are corrupt and they've been paid off and they like have movies and commercial deals and every time they save people it's all publicity stunts. So it's just interesting. It's an interesting uh, show if anyone has Amazon Prime, uh, you also get movies to watch. Yeah, easy to forget. Shows and movies. Yeah, marvelous Mrs. Maisel as well. If you're over there, oh, that's one it's of my favorites. Favorite. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so you had a busy July. I knew so, I had been slacking. So right, and so for people that um, are unfamiliar or new to the podcast, uh, Coopy normally comes on the beginning of the month to tell us all the books she read the month before because she reads a lot of books. My goal for the year is sixty books, and I've finished thirty five. Yeah, so it's five a month, 16. I just want to try to get, but it's hard. Right. So anyway, um, let's get into your books. I think I should also note that I'd pick pretty thick books. They're not, I think I could get through more books a month if I chose shorter books. But the first three that I read are, were in a trilogy and they're all pretty thick. They're like over 600 pages each. Um, And it's the Illuminae Files by Amy Kaufman and Jay Kristoff. And there are three in the series. You have the Illuminae. Um, you have Gemini and Obsidio, and um, it is a space opera. It's a young adult space opera told through a series of classified documents, emails, interviews, journals, other types of primary fictional resources um, or sources. And it's fall. It's set in the year twenty five seventy five, and it says this is the back of Illuminae. It says. Two rival megacorporations are at war over a planet that's little more than an ice-covered speck. Now with enemy firing raining down on them, exes Katie and Ezra, who are barely even talking to each other, are forced to escape on the um, 
evacuating fleet. But their problems are just beginning. The fleet's AI has gone crazy. A deadly plague has broken out on one of the ships and nobody in charge will say what's really going on. As Katie hacks into a tangled web of data to find the truth, it's clear only one person can help her. The ex-boyfriend she swore she'd never speak to again. So it's sci-fi, but it still has like that YA romance storyline in it. Um, And she's like a coder and a hacker so she's kind of like a badass female and um it's really good and so then book two follows two different characters on who are also dealing with the same universe and issues in the same galaxy and then in the third book all of the characters come together to finish it up finish up the story and save the day um and then there's been a fourth book that's come out. It's like a novella. I don't know. I think it's supposed to be a prequel before all of these ever started. Right. I don't know if I'll get to that anytime soon. But they were really good. i glad I read them. They had a lot of hype in the bookstagram community. And so I felt like I needed to to consume that. Right. Okay. Two things. So the name of that series is The Illuminate Files. That's the name of the whole series. Okay. And then you mentioned Bookstagram, and we haven't really brought that up since the last time you've been on here. I don't think that you've made a Bookstagram account. I have an amateur Bookstagram account, yes. And you have lots of followers, so if anyone really wants to check you out, it's at... Some- a Treasury of Books, but it's period between each word. So a dot treasury dot of dot books. Right. So anyway, go follow that if you want to see cool pictures of books. Yeah, and um, there's lots of really impressive accounts out there that are way better than mine. So just also search hashtag Bookstagram if you just want to see what I'm talking about. There's some really, really impressive people out there who are right. great with photography and books. Yeah. <laughs> so I know that was a big part of your month. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, just those stacked up, they're about the size of a 32-ounce <laughs> drink, if I had to guess. 600-plus pages each. So that was a lot. Um but I really enjoyed them, and I'm going to put these in my classroom library, and kids, I think, will really like those right. because they, they're they written in yeah, a fun format. Yeah, they kind of look like a textbook in certain moments. Actually, what it reminds me of, um, fellow Bible Belt uh, people will understand, whenever you were like a teenager and it was like the Teenager Adventure Bible or the Teenager <laughs> Extreme Bible, and it would have like the little – Things in the side, like doodles of like, this is what God meant for you. You know, well, it's like none that. of this is religious, but it has, um, right. Like, I'm just saying the style, it'll have like briefing note and like classified information, it'll have like little tabs and stuff, right. and like, like a textbook in a way. And like on this page that I'm looking at right now, it's set up like a chat room from WhisperNet, you know, and right. um, so it's pretty. And, and then book two and three, they start adding illustrations that were drawn by Mary Lou, who is another famous author who has a whole bunch of books I've never read, but she, apparently she draws. Right. So she did the illustrations in those. Ah, what's your next book? I was still on my sci-fi kick. This is a book I bought last year. I and think it's the coolest looking cover of any book you have. It's a really cool cover, and that's partially why I bought it. Yeah. This is the UK cover, the one that I have. It's not the one that you can get at like Barnes & Noble. You'd have to order it online here anyway. Right. Um. But it's called The Loneliest Girl in the Universe by Lauren James, and it is another sci-fi book. This one is really short. I read, I was in the sci-fi mood with the other books, and I figured I could knock this one out pretty quickly. Um, I was trying to see the page numbers. It's just 290 pages, so just under 300 pages, and it's a thriller 
romance sci-fi and it opens up i mean she's the loneliest girl in the universe so clearly she's alone on this space station she was supposed to be in a group uh, with astronauts in those hydro sleep pods or whatever they are cryogenically frozen yeah and something went tragically wrong and everybody ended up dead except her and so she's had been raised alone or raising herself on this space station and she had very little contact with earth but she had this one like caseworker you so to speak molly who was supposed to be like making sure that she was going to continue on this mission and get the spaceship to earth two so they could create another colony on earth two and they were going to send another spaceship to catch up with her with you know better technology it can go faster they're going to meet up with you and you're not going to be alone so she gets excited with that. But as the story progresses, there's way more behind that than she realizes. And so it definitely becomes a thriller in the end. It kind of starts off as a romance and ends in a thriller. Right. So have you taken a picture of that on your bookstagram? Yes. Okay. So I'm going to say, I talked about the cover and it's a podcast. So people are probably like, well, I can't see it. But you can by going to your bookstagram. Yes. He'll tag me, I'm sure. Yeah. And you can go and check it out. It's called The Loneliest Girl in the Universe. And the American cover is cool, too. I think it's pretty. But this one was just stunning. I loved it. Right. All right. And then the next one. I remember when you were reading this one. So back to Hamilton. Right. So I had the CD. And when I was looking up the CD, I found the book My Dear Hamilton, written by Stephanie Dre and Lauren Kaomi. And it is um, a novel about Eliza Schuyler Hamilton, Alexander Hamilton's wife. And they did a ton of research, you can tell, um, and it follows basically, you know, her meeting Alexander and she falls in love with him and just the craziness of their life together. It's pretty much just like the musical, but way more detail. Right. Um, a couple things that aren't mentioned in the, or that are at least changed from the musical to the book. Her sister Angelica was married before she ever even met Alexander Hamilton. And in the musical, they make it seem like she met him at the same time as Eliza. Right. Or at least she um, wasn't hadn't met her husband yet and met Alexander first. And that's not what happened right. at all. So that's a weird change. Um, also, Alexander did have an affair, which is pretty well known with uh, the Reynolds scandal. But also he had an affair with her sister, Angelica, which is hinted at in the musical, but I don't think they actually confirmed that they, right. but he like kept an apartment for her, like paid for her to have like her own place away from her husband. She lived in England most of the time, but she would come to America every now and then for like a season and he would rent her an, an apartment and visit her there. And He's a good guy. And then in the, father of America. And then in the end, um, after he dies, um, she also learns that he, it's hinted at, at least in this book, that he had a gay relationship with John Lawrence, who he was a brother in arms during the Revolutionary War. What's well, not gay if it's during war? Well, that's what Lafayette said when she talked to him about it. He was like, you can't understand it was war, it, you know, whatever. I just have to take a quick tangent because that's what just reminds <laughs> me of it. Uh, when I was in junior high, we had this football coach and he was like probably your stereotypical like meathead sort of coach right and in one of his classes i remember him out of nowhere like un no one asked about it and it'd just be like when well, roman times that's what happened where men were gay 
because they were in the tents. There weren't any women around. You had fun. You had fun between men. And he said in like such a genuine, sincere way that I, I've always remembered it. Of like, kind of just shook you a little bit. <laughs> well, just because he was like just so defensive, because he was also the type of guy. I remember this joke forever that while we were lifting weights, he'd be like, "What's the difference between a gay man and a refrigerator?" And he'd be like, "I don't know, Coach. What?" And he's like, "Refrigerator doesn't fart when you pull the meat out." Oh my god! And I'd be like, "Wait!" But then he would like he'd be the type he would call people gay, right? Because that's the time we grew up in, right? Where yeah, uh, that that would happen. Unfortunately, so, like it, it never crossed my mind. Like maybe he was, but like now as an adult, as I'm like, wait, he brought that stuff up a lot, yeah, like a lot, a lot. So that's where it reminds me. Interesting when the war. Well, uh, I mean, that's Lafayette, there, and also Lafayette was a Frenchman, and we all know that the French are more open. I guess. <laughs> See, I don't know. That's I don't a, know why. That's just an old. Um, I don't know. They always, you know, the French kiss and all kinds of well, things. Well, I see, I've always just personally seen the French being good with the ladies. I've never seen it more as them being open that way. I don't know. But I know I, other people do. I don't know. I just think all all different cultures have have it. I mean, it's right. very common. And it's only in the Puritan society that we shun it so much. I don't know if it's common, but whatever the percentage is, seems to be pretty even across. Yeah cultural bounds especially well i think people are more open these days to talking about it right anyway you know we're not experts no not at all but Books. in the book um she finds a braid of his hair and some letters that alexander kept that suggests that they had um more than just a friendship with john lawrence i swear if Powell ever sends me a braid of his hair <laughs> i didn't want him to it was weird well um it was really good. I'm glad I read it. I know Alexander Hamilton is the focus of the musical, so I wanted to see the perspective of his wife, and um, I definitely cried along with her at some of the terrible things she had to endure. But she was an amazing woman on her own. She fought fiercely for um, abolitionists and um, wanted to free slaves. She grew up with slaves, but she realized the error like, and the ways of um, her father and stuff, and she swore she would never own a person again and she helped with orphans in the city and so she did a lot of work on her own she was a nurse during the revolutionary war she would go out and tend to the wounded so she has um a lot of her own story that i'm glad i now know right so that was the fifth book no yeah yeah the fifth book i read moving on mm-hmm. book number six was strange the dreamer by lanny taylor and this is a book one in a duology, so I might be reading the sequel coming up. I'm going to have to see if somebody will order it because this was a library book. I didn't buy it, and currently there isn't anywhere in town with the sequel, but I'm going to pull see if I can pull some strings and get a library to buy it and read Muse of Nightmares. But Strange the Dreamer is a fantasy book. It's really complicated, truthfully. Um, it started off really slow for me. But it ended really well. Right. But it follows this boy named Laszlo Strange, who is an orphan, and he is a junior librarian. Um, in this society, the dream chooses the dreamer. And so um, he was, like, chosen to, like, in his mind, he was chosen to find the lost city of Weep. And so he goes on this journey uh, with some interesting characters. Um there's this mystery surrounding Weep about, you know, how did it become so isolated? What happened so long ago in this mysterious community? So he gets there. He makes it. That's like the first half of the book. 
And then the second half of the book is kind of like a romance with this mysterious woman he meets in his dreams. And All right. she's a blue skinned red haired goddess <laughs> that she lives in this uh, tower and she can't walk out into the streets, but she can haunt people in their nightmares. So Muse of Nightmares, I think the sequel is going to be like more about her focus. Right. Whereas this was more about strange Laszlo Strange's focus, but it's a definitely a high fantasy. It is young adult, but I think it's definitely mature. Like adults, I right. think would enjoy it more than younger kids. Right. Um, so YA is technically, I think 13 and up. So that's a pretty broad range because young adult. Well, I don't also think, and maybe this is different, but at least when I was growing up, 13 year olds that were reading are typically more mature. So yeah, they could handle. So, you know what I mean? Like the thirteen-year-olds like me that weren't reading, like, yeah, we weren't gonna read it in the first place. So it was well, fun. and this is another example of a really thick book, five hundred thirty right. pages. So yeah, not an average teenager's gonna just pick this up, right. um, unless they really enjoy reading. But it's um, considered YA. But I think it has a good crossover. I think adults would really like it if they like fantasy. Um, I gave it three stars just because it was kind of a slow start. Right. But I really liked the ending, and it made me want to get the second book. Right. Well, hopefully you do. Yeah. So. All right. And then your last book of the month. Now, this one is a true crime novel. It's called The 57 Bus by Dashka Slater. It is a true story of two teenagers and the crime that changed their lives. It's set in Oakland, California in 2013, and it follows two different people, Sasha and Richard and in the very first page they reveal what happened like you can search this in the news and find it so this is a real story so I'm not really spoiling it by telling you but Sasha is um, agender which means doesn't identify as male or female was born male named Luke but um, over time decided that's not how he identified and is now Sasha and likes the pronouns they, them, and their. So when you're reading Sasha's chapters, at first it can be confusing because they refer to her or they, not her or he. Um, I think what he wanted to change his name to a female name. Well, Sasha is a unisex name. Yeah, when you start to read the book, um, you learn that Sasha was born with Asperger's. And um, during that, at one point, became fixated with Russia and learned that Sasha was a unisex name, a Russian unisex name. And so they felt like it was the perfect name for them. And so they changed their name to Sasha and they are going to a private school in the suburbs of Oakland. And so it's very progressive. They feel comfortable enough to experiment with their clothing and they wear a mixture of it's male It's impossible not to think you're talking to multiple people when you I'm say not. They. I'm talking about Sasha, but I'm trying to honor Sasha's right. wishes here because they are a real person. Um, but they like to mix their clothing, male and female. So they might wear a male's vest and bow tie and pair it with a female skirt. They liked not being a straight gender. So anyway, it opens up with Sasha on a bus and really tired, had a really long day at school, falls asleep. And there's a group of boys 
who have been kind of running around town after school, ornery, and they're, they think they're just joking around when they see Sasha wearing a white skirt. It kind of throws the guys and they think it would be funny, I guess, to scare Sasha. And one of them takes a Bic lighter and tries to set the skirt on fire. And they think it's just going to create like a minor panic, but it could be padded out, I guess. But when they try it like four times before they ever even got, like you would think after the first try, you would be too scared to even do it a right. second time. But they, there's video camera footage of this. They try it like four times. And on the fourth time, the skirt just goes up in flames. It's not a quick right. little burst and then it just goes out. And the boys run, except one boy kind of lingers because he's, I think, worried about the person. Um, and he eventually gets charged with a hate crime and, you know, setting, I mean, right. ass- assault. And so it's just this tragic story about this young boy, Richard, who got caught up in shenanigans, I guess. I mean, boys are ornery. I know. I don't know. Um, I don't know I mean, if you would ever do something like that. I personally would have never tried to light someone on fire. But there's a lot of things that you see stories of that I'm like, I personally right. never done that because I just was too nervous in life. You know, I wasn't. Well, gonna, and I don't know. I I would also just never light anyone on fire. I don't know. Right. But, I mean, I never had any. It never would have bothered me to see Sasha in a skirt. But if I was in that group of people and someone else did it, I would probably have been the one that hung out and felt bad. Well, eventually Richard gets arrested. And so you see it, it switches back and forth in their perspective. So you get Richard's story and what he's been going through and you get Sasha's story. And um, Sasha was able to heal. It was a, a long time, but able to heal and went off to have a normal life, you know, went to college and um, is has a successful career and all that. So it has a happy ending, but you can, I mean, again, it's all in the news, so you can right. Google this, but just how it was written was really good. And it was the winner of some prizes. So I wanted to give it a shot and I'm glad I read it. I right. cried. I definitely cried. And then I know we're already into the next month, so you're, I'm sure, already started on your next book readings. I'm already a lot behind. I am not going to get anywhere near seven. I'll be lucky if I get three, honestly. Yeah, we'll see. See what happens. August is a busy month. That's true. Very busy. All right. Well, I think that's all. It's all for the books I read. Yeah. And then uh, I don't think I had anything else. We might, I know you'll be on the music episode this week. You stopped in to talk with me and Skinny. Yeah, I, I don't know if I was too exciting on that. I might be very sleepy. <laughs> right, we're really trying to get powwow on the next music one after that because it really is better with three people. Um, it's just hard to find a third person to be in the room that enjoys to do it. So we'll see. See how it goes. But anyway, check out this new music one coming out soon with Koopy. And you can also check out my bookstagram. Yeah, check out our bookstagram um, at... A treasury of books with periods in between. <laughs> That's right. Um, all right. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Peace. All right. So if you have any questions, suggestions, or corrections, please email us at a podcast with Mo. That is a p o d c a s t w i t h m o at gmail dot com. Perfect. Boom. All right, we 
We are back. And what I'm about to do is I'm going to call Arawadi. Uh, he's a rapper out of Austin, Texas. Um, he called in a few months ago, um, I think. I don't really remember when it was. So uh, let's give him a call. Yo, Mo. Hey, what's up, man? Uh, what the fuck's going on? Dude, I've just been working on music um, and performing some stuff, Getting starting to perform the music from the last project, dude, and just grinding, making, trying to make cool art stuff too, you know? Right. Just, just doing it, dude. I understand. Uh, I'll be real honest. I'm at a point lately where I'm a little mentally burnt out because I do. Oh, I feel you. <laughs> so, and I, I hate being like, I do so much because I think people who say that are douchey. But I find myself, I keep saying it. Um, I just do a lot of podcasts, you know, and then also like really want to do the music more. Yeah. Um, but it's harder, you know what I mean? So anyway, sometimes I just do a lot. So lately I've been working hard to try to build up episodes so that I can have mm-hmm. more time to focus on music. I get you to so put a, a couple second. in the bank so that you can just have that focus on music. Exactly. Because for me, and uh, I don't know if you can relate or not. I used to be able to just write out verses no problem because I didn't care what I wrote about. Yeah. And now I just care a little too much probably. And I'm like, nope, corny. And then, so like I just – I spend too much time writing. Bro, uh, it's a whole thing. talk about it, man. I uh, I hear people say that they write verses in like an hour. And I'm like, yeah, but your fucking song is garbage. Because, <laughs> right. uh, man, it takes me to really make a song – to like make something that I'm happy with other people hearing, bro. It'll take at least a four days to a week to like of me like rewriting it, laying it down enough to where I'm like, okay, I'll show somebody this and see what they think. Um, so, but I think I do the same thing you do, where I'm like, I've heard that shit forty times in five hundred songs, you know, and I didn't put anything cool enough to repeat it in a, a different way, so I just scratch it and restart, or or then I spit it on the on the song and I'm like, wow, it sounded way better in my head and now I'm hearing it back and it sounds like shit. So it right. takes a while, man, to make something that I, I think it's just, I have a high level, but you still have to let that shit go at some point. Um, which is that, that balance bro. That's like, when is it ready? When is it ready? Right. You know? For sure. And really what I'm doing now is I'm kind of balancing. Uh, I have, you know, a few fans from back when I used to rap before I took a break mm-hmm. that are like, yeah. just redo your old songs. Like, we just want your old songs because they were awesome. Dude. And I've tried, but like, I just wouldn't say that shit now, right? I'm not going to be like, when I came in and made the bitch come seven times, like, I'm just never going to say that now, right? Like, <laughs> Unless you're still doing it, dude. <laughs> right, but like, it does the life you're living. The way I do it now, because I've done a line, I've done something like that, I'll be like, I'll say that and I'm like, or at least that's what I tell my wife to tell people. You know, like, uh, I make it to like a joke. Yeah, bro. Because yeah. I, that's just my personality. And I lean more into who I am now, where when I first started rapping, it was about like, I'll just be like the fat white little Wayne. And I'm going to oh, be yeah. real punchline heavy because I'm pretty good at punchlines and uh, flow. So it is mm-hmm. really easy to uh, – and I have a couple songs I haven't uh, put up yet, but I'm thinking about it – that is just like 36 bars of stupid rapping that I enjoy and I have some friends that would like it. Yeah. But then another part of me is like, oh, I don't know. It's not deep. Dude, you know, you know? I, I made a bunch of songs that were like half completed. And I post, you might have seen on Instagram, I posted like the six of them and I was like, Hey, should I drop these? Cause I was like, to me, they weren't good enough to make it onto the album. Cause there's like, you know, it's six or not the EP. So it's like six songs, but I have 13 songs. So it was really like 20 songs that got 
started in the process of being made. And then they got weeded down to like six where I was like, yeah, these are done and good and they sound good. So I have that back catalog and right now I'm uh, redoing them. So basically like finding that same flow but putting uh, – better deeper <laughs> hopefully lyrics into it right so it's not just like basic because they're from when i first started spitting you know right so, or when i first started like seriously taking a stab at it and putting everything i had into it focusing on it um so it's definitely way weaker and even the flow like i'm, I'm sure everybody who listens to their old music if you're rapping back then you're like wow like i didn't know shit i didn't know how to stretch a word i didn't know how to like come off of a drop the right way and yeah so uh, see i, I think in some of some my good stuff. older stuff uh personally a lot of my friends are like do it more like your old stuff because i rap so much slower yeah and i'm not saying like you have to rap fast i just think um as a rapper you get in your grooves or out of like what what you do at that moment or whatever and so i'm like well yeah. i just don't rap like that so uh Dude, and again I i'm not you. successful even in the slightest. So like, I'm not trying to talk like a person from a position of follow me. I'm just saying like, as the amateur artist trying to fucking do it, these are the thoughts you have, you know? And I I think, I think both styles are valid, right? I think one thing that I try to do is like change up my voice and then the pace of my flow in the song. Cause I always think about it. Like when I listen to somebody who has the same flow through an entire song, your ear kind of gets lost in that shit where it's like, dun, 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 dun. and like if you're not emphasizing or dropping your tone or picking it up or like, you know, really, really flowing, it doesn't stick out. So I always think about it like I'm going to switch up from a slower pace to a really fast pace to like a half pace and then like do like a singing thing right here so that your ear never gets bored. You're always like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Right. Oh, look at that. You know, that's what I, I try to do into it. But at the same time within that, make sure that I'm still saying some shit. So it's deeper than because I, I feel like I could always do that. But then it was always like garbage. Talk about your dick. Like that's that's how you know your flow and you were whack when you're like, yeah, my dick 10 inches long. Put it in, you know. Exactly. I, <laughs> I agree. So terrible, bro. I agree. It's so terrible. Um, and everyone does the same thing. Um, uh, I think with so- your uh- – your yeah. style that you do, which I kind of like, because I I never really do this, um, is you pitch down and pitch up a lot of stuff. Yeah. So like, uh, which is cool. It's like a Texas thing, right? Kind of works with you. Yeah. Um, but I always like that because it's like it's it is your voice, but it isn't your voice. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I always like that. And I remember when I first started rapping, all I ever wanted to do was screw up my verses, and I would. Yeah. But it wouldn't be like real good because I know what the hell I was doing. Um, Bro. but I think what people do when you're becoming an artist, like, uh, at least me, I leaned in on my weaknesses a lot. So mm-hmm. like, uh, you were saying how like you, you'll sit on a verse for a long time and I do, as far as it written, I cannot spit a verse and then come back to it later. Like to me, the day I'm spitting that verse, it's going to be what it is because if I know it too well, I don't have the same sort of flow that I enjoy, right? I don't have like a, mm-hmm. a playful flow that I like. Um, but also, like, I'll fall off after, like, four to eight lines, right? And I'm aware of this, but I normally do a pretty good job if I can end on a funny punchline and then, like, laugh and, like, show my personality in yeah. a way, but okay. it, like, saves me a breath, you know? So yeah. I'm not saying I do this on purpose. I'm just saying in hindsight, when I've looked at things I do, I'm like, oh, yeah. And a uh, friend of the podcast, Brad Sirex, you know, I send him a lot of uh-huh, songs Brad, to listen sure. to mm-hmm. and give me feedback. And he's so... um 
like mechanically sound, like counts, you know, does the syllables and stuff. They're like, he'll he point, counts the syllables. Yeah. Like he'll point out a lot of my flaws and then I get defensive because that's how we are as uh, rappers. And I'm like, no, bro, it's me being fucking cool. <laughs> but that's how, that's how art is, bro, because some people might look at the super technical count the syllables kind of flow as being like, like, oh, that's too structured. And some people like hip hop in like a jazz type of form where it's going to be like one second I'm saying this and then I'm way up, you know, like right. they like like the, the flow. And so it doesn't really matter. I just always think if my ear says this shit sounds good, then it's good. Like it doesn't genre type of music, fucking person, uh, what instruments. It doesn't matter if the shit sounds good in my ear. And I just trust that because that's the only thing I really have. I can't hear how other people hear my shit. I can only hear, you know, what I in my brain, what goes on in there. Right. Um, so, yeah. So Bradster X, because some some people might be like, oh, that's super calculated. And it sounds robotic. But his, it's they, awesome the way he does. I think no, like, I wasn't he's fucking sick. Not in, not in. <laughs> but some, you know, it's all right. it's all subjective. Right, for sure. Um, yes, and sir. kind of other things, uh, like I don't know, I'm just going to connect dots here. Like, So you know like old video games? I'm just going to guess you like video games. Um, I do. You like the you know, Super Nintendo, Nint- regular Nintendo era. Yeah, you know, yeah, the yeah. games had to use the limitations they had to become more creative, right, or whatever. Exactly. Um, and so when I first started rapping, you know, I had a shitty USB mic. I did that for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I love Lil Wayne. Like, I know, like, now it's, like, corny to like Lil Wayne, but, like, I enjoyed him when he was in Hot Boys because I hung out with my older cousin, Rusty, and he'd listen to nothing Uh but Cash Money, and I was the young one in that group, and Lil Wayne was the young one in Cash Money. So I just always, like, liked him or whatever. Um, I still think Lil Wayne's fucking sick, bro. I don't know who's hating on Lil Wayne. He's he's one of the goats, bro. It's, like, supposed to be – it's, like, a hipster take, right, to be, like, oh, Lil Wayne's not great. Anyway. Yeah, but fuck hipsters. Go ahead. (laughs) So, you know, all those, like, Nino Brown documentaries and stuff would come out of Lil Wayne and you would see how he recorded right like mm-hmm. and i just always thought it was cool that he would like do the punch in method basically right he like freestyle two or three lines and then you know his producer would run it back or engineer and he would do yep. two or three more lines on it and i couldn't yep. do that because i had a shitty mic so if i did that it sounded like i just uh, punched in a line right i feel you so you could hear like the stop start press. exactly yeah. so what i gotcha. the way i write even now is i basically just freestyle two to four lines or however many I can get at one time, mm-hmm. write it down. And then I just do that until the verse. Now, more or less, I'm sure that's how people in general write. Yeah. Most people do it how Lil Wayne did it. Like Migos, like everybody that you're thinking about that isn't super high-level lyricism as far as – but Lil Wayne is a genius. So his like freestyle is such a high-level freestyle that it's most people's written – you right. know well, what it, I'm saying? He's been doing it, it so long. It is a freestyle, but it, he thought about it, right? It's cause exactly. Like, exactly. But I'm, in one of those documentaries, he like gets hung up on – he's like, no, I keep saying the instead of an. And he's like, let's yeah. rerun it, right? And it's like a, yeah. that's an article word. You know, like, that's not a big deal Bro, to a lot of people. I do that shit all the time. Because <laughs> yeah, like too. structurally in your brain, grammatically, if you were saying it in a sentence, you would say the or I. I or some shit, but then for it to flow in the fucking verse, you have to say and or am or an. You know, you have to say it differently. Yeah, and I will fucking fuck that shit up. But I was watching Revenge of the Dreamers. Did you see that uh, documentary that came out? Yes. It's like okay, so there was a part in there. I forget who the artist was. It was one of the, it was a lady, and she was spitting, and she fell off of one verse. Like yeah, who was it? Dreamy. 
Treasy. She fell she Dreezy. She fell off of one part of her verse and the engineer literally ran it back from like two lines before and she just jumped back in. And I was like, fuck you. Cause every time I fuck up, I restart from the very beginning and do the whole fucking cause I, I feel that like kind of energy thing where you're like right. hitting it, hitting it, and each one's gonna be a little bit different. Each take is gonna be slightly, you know, a little bit inflection here. And I go and listen back to it. But when I saw that she did it, and it's because I record by myself, you know, if I had someone here that was like manning the board, not, right. well, it's a keyboard, but manning the keyboard, uh, I could maybe do what she did. But it was, I was like, okay, because that was, I've seen a couple documentaries like that when you see how other artists record or how they come up with their shit, especially people who are up high like that. You're like, oh, fuck. Okay. Um, but a lot of the stuff they do is stuff I do as well. I did want to mention that like pitching down and pitching up of voices mm-hmm. is completely just a limitation of what I am capable of doing because I don't know how to do shit in logic, really. I'm still like learning, you know, learning right. so much about how those things work that like the pitching up and pitching down is a way for me to get your ear to not fall asleep again. So it's like a way for it not to just be like my voice. It sounds it's still my voice, right? But it sounds so different that it kind of that, so that's literally the only reason I do that is because I don't know how to do a lot else. You know what I mean? No, but I think it sounds good too. It works. Right. I, like, I completely yeah. get you. Like I know a lot of people do the stacking of vocals. That's how every, almost everyone I know that's good mixes. And like mm-hmm. I just can't do it because as I was kind of saying earlier, like if I'm spitting that verse, that's how I do it. I spit a yeah. verse like 24 different ways, like okay. different yeah, yeah, flows. Yeah, yeah. Like mm-hmm. I'm like this time I'm going to do it like I was Meek Mill. And this time, what if Lil Dicky spit this? Or like, I don't know. Like, that's just how I do it. Like, I just do like yeah. kind of slightly different personalities. Um, and then eventually I settle on, I'm like, all right, that sounds pretty cool. And it normally sounds like me and not not someone else yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I only do like a one, like a one verse, right? Like one, I have one track laid out. And then I just try to mix that to be big enough. But I know almost everyone I do collabs with, they're like, all right, I need more takes to layer over this. And I'm like, oh, well, my other takes sound nothing like that take. Like that dude, take was its own take. Dude, they say like real talk. I watched this thing and one of the mixing tips they gave was like once you find like the one you want, try to say it like because you're right in that moment with that energy. Um, it's hard to replicate it. Right. And that's why a lot of artists who will do um, an explicit and a, and a censored version of their song, they'll do those verses in the same session because it's like you have that energy when you laid that verse down and you don't want to go back two weeks later and it sounds so different when it's censored and uncensored. So it's like a similar thing. Right. But they say like when you record that, when you find the one you want, try to get back in the booth and lay a couple layers with it of that exact like try to sound exactly the same as as possible and it really does build out like the sound of the verse and makes it sound more full in it but i don't know maybe the way you do it you find a way to like do that as well i just you know what i'm saying right. i learned all this stuff from fucking watching youtube videos and right stuff. and that's, that's, what, that's what they say exactly and I'm like, okay and i used to try it um and I've even do it. I've done it before. Where I just duplicate my one take oh, and I pitch yeah, it up yeah. and down a little bit. Yep. And I, to kind of do it, but I have been told like that some people are like, I don't know how you do it with just one single vocal. Like how to yeah. how it sounds like that. And I'm like, I don't know, man. I have just like many years of fucking around and, and, and figuring it out. I don't really exactly know what I'm doing, but I can make it sound decent enough. And I don't ever think my shit sounds super great. Like I sent you no. a beat recently. Um, yeah. It's okay. You know, I think I'm not the best mixer in Dude, the world. Dude, I fucks with that beat because you – like the thing, the thing that gets me with a beat is anytime it's weird. I get like bored if a beat is repetitive. Right. Or like too much, too similar, too structured because I'm just like – 
I'm just like, uh, I don't know. It's hard for me to think. I don't know. It's the same thing. My ear falls asleep. That's what I always bank on. It's just like, how how can I make your ear perk up? Because that's that's how you get people. You know what I'm saying? Right. But I think I think that sometimes when you do what you were saying, where you're you're spitting the same verse, but you're gonna do it in so many different flows, right? You're gonna do it this way and that way. Sometimes those takes, I think of it like harmonization. Like if we were a barbershop quartet and it's just five of me, and I said it I said it five different ways. Maybe three of those line up, and that shit sounds super dope. Because right. it's like me harmonizing with myself at a different pitch, but not knowing that that take exists. Like I did it independent, but because it's still me doing the same flow, the same like artistic effort is there that they kind of fit together. You know what I'm saying? And then that's sometimes when I'll pitch one down and layer the other one on top of it and then pitch one up and lower it way down in the mix and just have it like barely emphasize the fucking keywords and shit, you know, chop it up. Right. That's what I do. So like that, you could do that instead of like, you know what I'm saying? Just to compliment or like emphasize your punchlines, just like those hit hard lines, like use another take. That's what I do sometimes. I don't know if you've ever thought of that, but that, I do that sometimes because I do the same thing you do where I try to say the flow a couple different ways to give it. I don't know, you know, because then you listen back, and you're like, oh, that shit's dope. Right. I'm glad I did it that way. Yeah. I accidentally come into a lot of things where I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, all right, real quick, because I feel like this is going to go way longer than I wanted. But you'll just have to come on more another time, you know. Um, Dude, for sure. Uh, real quick, I'm going to get out that uh, we're talking about people mixing stuff. Another friend of the podcast that's a rapper, Petra Vita, mm-hmm. on Twitch, like once or twice a week, he will just record a song. He'll like, here's the beat. He's used one of my beats before. Um, he'll have a beat. Oh, that's cool. And he'll just be like, let's write a verse. And he writes it, you know, with uh, his viewers there. And then he records it. And you watch any And his mixes are pretty consistent for our music episodes to be the cleanest mixes. And he does it all himself. So if that's anyone amazing. out there wants to, like, check him out, like, Petra Vita really is uh, dope. I'm in his Discord. He shares a lot yeah. of good knowledge of, like, how he gets so many plays on Spotify Ooh. and stuff. And gets I'm going to check it out. And, yeah. That sounds amazing. Because for him to do it all himself, that's just the most impressive thing. You know what I mean? Like, just the amount of time it takes to perfect the mixing process. Like, that is a whole art form itself. You know what I mean? Right. So there's that. And then, so speaking, I mentioned Petra Vita and then you're on here and then Brad Strex. I am working on a collab album at the moment. So that beat I sent you, we're going to try this to make a true. song together. Yes, man. Uh, me and Brad Strex, I think I've already finished a song. I mean, I have to mix it. We'll see how well I can do at that. Um, oh, you got it. But I'm getting there. We're going to work on, I've sent out some beats to people. My goal is to get to like 10 songs or so. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, earlier you mentioned how something about getting something planned and it had something in my head. I also have something coming out, a song coming out when your your two songs come out we're about to talk about. And then I have oh, like an yeah. EP of four songs total that'll come out the 23rd of August is my goal. Oh, yeah. So all of those, though, I recorded on my old audio interface like four or five months ago. So like I've just been okay. holding them for no fucking reason. Um and then after I got a new audio interface, it's like, oh, these all are going to sound kind of worse audio quality wise. So I'll just group them together, mm-hmm. put them out together. And I actually really like them. So um, people go check me out as well. But uh, I am I'm going to or my plan was you were saying like mixing differently was to try some different methods 
on my mm-hmm. next, like, I'm going to call it Internet Friends, just so anyone's curious, because uh, everyone I'm doing a song with is one of my Internet friends. So yes, I'm looking at dude, it. I know. You've been talking. That's like a phrase you've been pointing for a while. I right. like it. I think it's a good one. And my goal is basically, because I don't perform, I see you out there performing, doing awesome stuff. I'm just mm-hmm. really banking on one of my Internet friends uh, blowing up, you know, and then I'm like, well, hey, check, they were on my podcast, and then you know, I can just ride their coattails. So, bro, you, ride them. Let's go. I already told you that. Like, that's the whole thing. If I blow up or any of these people you're like helping at this point blow up, because look, man, we're doing an interview right now. Maybe one day I'm in front of, maybe I'm on the Breakfast Club or some shit. You know what I mean? Like, this is all, like, that's how I look at it. And they'll like, be like, all what's the best interview you had? And you're like, oh, not y'all. It was actually on this podcast years ago. Yeah, a podcast <laughs> with Mo. You know him. He's got. 400,000 subscribers on YouTube. He's he's opening like boxes of kids toys for right. <laughs> subscribers. That's, That's the fucking key. That's the fucking key. Um, all right. Cute. So main reason you're here, fucked yeah, around long you. enough. Uh, you have two songs coming out. I believe it's I two do. days after this episode comes out. Oh, yes. So it's going to be uh, August 9th, which is the same day as yours. Yeah. Yeah. I have a single coming out August 9th. Correct. Yes. So mine, mine are, um, it's called Haichu. Which is a, a Japanese candy. If you've ever had it, it's delicious. It's chewy, which is why I called it that. Um, and then there's one called I Get High, which is about s- smoking weed when you're sad, kind of. Right. Uh, which is which I'm sure everybody knows something about. Um, they're both dropping, streaming everywhere. I'm going to drop the visuals for them as well. Uh, put some effort into the album art that's really cool. And then that same day, I'm going to be performing in Austin, if anybody's in Austin, at Scratch House on, on 7th Street. So I'm going to be kind of letting them out then too. So it's a, it's a cool thing that's coming out. Um, and I'm trying to get, if I can, get a music video done this week for Haichu to have something else to show as well. Um, but yeah, man, there's six songs. Um, Haichu's about how you're going to be spitting my words for a long time, basically. And then I get high is when I get low, I get high. It's kind of the hook there. Right. And I put I did listen to both of them and saw the art before. I really like the I get high art. Dude, yeah, that's sick, right? Yeah, it's okay. It's a, it's a like a, a spoof on Chin Chong's Up in Smoke cover from like 70-something. Right. And I tried – dude, I made that myself. I tried so hard, man. Yeah, that was I, like a whole day. I thought your faces on the Photoshop were great. So, Dude, I tried so hard, man. That shit – I love doing that. That's another thing that making music has kind of shown me that I am thankful for is I love creating like art like that, dude. And when it looks sick, I'm like – Fuck yeah. Like I know like one of the things that made me think about it wasn't when we did the first interview for this and you took my face and you put it on like the 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 art for the episode. Right. I was like, fuck yeah. And then when I saw the Cheech and Chong thing, I was like, I'm gonna do that. So thank you a little bit for that as well. Cause I was like, Oh, that's a good job you did on that one. Yeah, I make all my own um art for my music and the podcast. Yeah. It's it's not great, but this is what I've told uh like uh I had a guy Justin Shelton call in his band new time zones on the music podcast. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. I feel like I can get 80% of the way there on my mixing, recording, and artwork just on my own. So I just kind of do that. Like maybe that's not the right attitude, but I'm like, oh, no, I do, I do pretty all right. Unless you got homies that can help you. But I feel the same way, and it saves me probably thousands of dollars. Right. And so like – Yeah. My, my art's not great. I think my EP's art's okay. Like I'm like, I think maybe some people would click it or whatever when that comes out. Um, dude, like I'm looking right now at the podcast with Mo thing that just has like the top of your head there, dude. Right. It See, like stuff like that looks cool. Did you draw that? Yeah. So, um, a quick history, good, bro. quick history real quick is, um, 
uh, the original podcast was me and my best friend Pow Wow. He'll be on okay. this next week. And on that logo, I made two little egg heads. One was mm-hmm. white because I'm white, and one was brown because he's native, right? And uh, oh, it's Native American. Cool. And so I then put like my hair on my egg and his hairdo on his egg, and then little dumb eyes. And it was shitty looking, like not good animation at all, right? And then we changed the logo to look cooler. And then whenever I launched a podcast with Mo, because he moved to Tulsa, um, uh-huh. I used the smudge tool and I smudged my egg and my hair that I had on that egg out to what that is, to a shape of my head. And then I took a picture of my eyeballs because I have like a kind of little, like one eye smaller than the other. And uh-huh. then I plopped my eyeballs and then my ears as well. Those are my real ears on the picture. But all the hair and the actual head, I I smudged out from an egg. See, dude, that's the <laughs> same reason I pitch my voice down and up. It's like you create art and the limitations of what you're capable of doing, and you made that looks really fucking good. Like it looks real good. Like I'm not even hyping. I thought you drew or hired somebody to draw that fucking face. Those are your actual eyeballs I'm looking at right now. Yeah, for sure. And the only Dude, cool. uh, criticism I have, and I think it's just because I'm getting older, is my forehead's getting bigger. If you know that's how oh, it happens. Man. So I, my forehead's actually probably uh, should be a little bigger on the photo. You know? Hey, man, whatever. <laughs> it looks dope, dude. See, that's cool. I love that. Like I've been uh, performing, like you said. So I met so many more people in Austin that are doing the similar things that I'm trying to do and you're doing as well, even including podcasts. Like um, part of it, they, they stream on Twitch and they have an interview thing that at the end of August, I'll be doing that. I'll let you know so you can check it out. It's like a they stream the performance live, so that kind of thing. Um, but the coolest thing about it is you meet all of these people and everybody's trying to do the s- similar things at least, you know? Right. And you see all the different ways they do it and all the different – uh, like some guys dye their hair green, you know, some just put on fucking cowboy boots and spit. Like it's just interesting to see everybody, how everybody goes about trying to get to where we're right. all trying to go. The reason why I don't perform is because I would literally walk up there in just like a black T-shirt and jeans. Like I would just uh-huh. look like the most normal person because I'm just bro, not uh, – I feel like that's the sleeper, bro. Like I went <laughs> up there and I didn't look – like, you know, I don't try to look like – I just wear what I fucking wear. Because right. one thing you said earlier is like the reason why your music sounds different from the past was because you weren't being like your genuine self, right? Right. Right. Uh, I work in I worked in the corporate environment for fucking five years or some shit like at a startup in Austin um, and I had to be a fake person every fucking day, bro. So now that I'm making music, what is the point of dyeing your hair green and spitting in cowboy boots and being fake? Like that's that's what a job does to you. Like you're making art, bro. Be you is right. what I, I was like. Talking. I think and, it's weird that every new rapper has face tattoos. Is that Dude, like, so like a prerequisite stupid. to be a rapper? It's fucking weird. It's so I remember I remember when neck tattoos were like, bro, you fucked up. Like, <laughs> yeah. why would you do that to yourself? You got a tattoo on your neck, man. What are you? MS 13? I'm in Texas. That's what people say. What right. are you, MS 13? No. Now they're tattooing their face. I saw a guy, he's like in Italy, he just tattooed like fuck on his forehead. He had like it looked like a logo for curse words on his fucking face. And He's just a normal – he's not even a rapper, dude. He's just like a normal guy. He's like a uh, Instagram personality well, or right. some I mean, shit. Right. I'm sure you have this because we're both uh, rappers on, on Instagram. I'm sure yeah. you get followed by other rappers, right? And then I some do, of those are yeah. like 
18 year old kids getting face tattoos because they like think yeah. it just gets them in the fucking game and i'm like but, and i'll listen to their music if you have a face tattoo i'll give you that i'm like did you make a mistake 18 year old kid with a face tattoo and most of the time mm-hmm. the answer is yes yes but they are they are fortunate that we live in a time where technology is advancing and in the very very near future you'll probably be able to get a tattoo off in like one you know, visit to a dermatologist or some shit. Cause now it's like way easier than it used to be. And it's less painful than it used to be. Well, that's so you know what I'm saying? Like they, they fucked up, but if they have any sort of dollars at any point, they might be able to unfuck themselves. Maybe. That's what Man. I think. But yeah, dude, it's crazy. The cloud chasing stuff. I love whenever people tell me, they're just like, dude, your voice. Cause that's like the one thing, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't care if you see what I look like, you know what I mean? Like I just, I do me. But you hear my shit, it's, I want it to be undeniable. Like, it shouldn't matter what I look like. Right. You know what I mean? I got That's very amped uh, with my song this summer, Always Too High. Kind of fits in with your two songs coming out. Uh, with Strong Maurice came out, and everyone was just like, dude, your flow's fucking sick. And I'm like, yes. yes go man. me. Right? Yes, man. So, That's what it's all about. It is cool. Um, all right. So real quick, I can play one of your songs at the end of here. I don't have it on the music episode that's coming out in two days, but I just didn't know about it. We'll have it on episode 20. Uh, that's fine man so just letting you know and um would you which one of the songs would you want me to play at the end of this episode oh play haichu and i do want to also mention you should follow me on instagram at the real arawati and check out the freestyle friday because that's something cool i started doing since the last time we talked where i just like pick a cool beat of a hot song or something just freestyle over the whole fucking thing um off the top so check that out too I agree. Very, I like your videos you're doing. They're very cool. And, Dude, I'm um, trying, man. I will say, because I wrote down these quick notes. Hachu, I like the pitching effect use on there. And okay. I put cool and then something I can't read. <laughs> something was cool on it. And then for I Get High, I put good wordplay because you had some line referencing some movie. I don't remember at this exact moment where I was like, ah, very good, very good. And uh, There's like layers. I want my shit to be like 30 Rock, where when you go back and listen to my shit, you're like, oh, that's what he meant. Like you learn more shit in your life, and you go back and listen to my song, and you're like, oh, that's what that meant. You know what I mean? Right. Like that connection. I try to put really obscure shit in there there is a bunch of it right but yeah so i'm sure there's a movie reference or two in there i love the office and on my ep coming out in a yeah, couple weeks man. uh i have a line that says i'll shit on your floor like todd packer now that oh, whole song dude that's pretty good shit on your floor like todd packer and no everyone's like solid. who the fuck is that and i'm like oh my god get out of my the life people who know no right the people and that's a couple of like tens of millions so that's a fan base i'll right even there, give a extra sneak peek on the brad or X and Ron's song, he came on this podcast and bitched about shopping cart etiquette and how people in grocery stores are shitty with shopping carts. So on our collab, I snuck in a line about shopping cart etiquette that no one's going to give a fuck about. <laughs> but he'll know like, and I'll oh, know shit. and people on the that's, podcast that's inside an inside know. joke in so, a flow. To that's me, good. that's when you're like, you're really making music for you. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude, that's true. And the reason <laughs> why I don't care anymore is because the most popular songs, they're not saying fucking anything. So it doesn't matter what you say. So oh. just say what's good to you and uh, you'll be all right. That's right. Anyway, all right. I'm going to play Hi Chew. Again, uh, if you want to call in again, just let me know, man. And uh, we seem to talk for fucking ever. And, oh, real quick, beginning of this podcast, my wife was on here talking about books. Uh, what's your favorite book? My favorite book of all – there is a book called The K – 
that's like about this 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 kid. It's kind of like uh, I don't know. It's like a black dude and a young child get stranded after a boat sinks, and the kid goes blind from staring at the water. And then like this black dude has to help him, and it's like set in the d- distant past, like survive while they're like stranded. It's kind of like I don't know, dude. I love that book. So I read it one as a kid. The K. The K. The K. It's like a, I guess a K is like a C A Y. I'm pretty sure is like a shallow island in the middle of the ocean when like sand just piles up high enough. Gotcha. Yeah, bro. Check it out. All right, man. Go. We'll do. All right, and here's your song, Hachu. So. All right, brother. Peace, man. Thank you so much, Mo. Counting on these words, counting, counting on these, counting on these I don't know 